ओम ज्ञान चिमिरंधस्यलाकाया You you have that song in Lithuanian. You don't have a Lithuanian songbook, no. So you can just translate it from the English, I guess. So please give the English book. You can do that side by side, simultaneously. So I just read all. Yeah, mm-hmm. please read it. So I'd announced I'd have a questions and answers session here. It is every devotee's duty to study the books of Srila Prabhupada and to apply his God-given intelligence to try to understand that. Of course, Krishna consciousness cannot be understood simply by brain power. Uh, nevertheless, uh, the Lord has given us intelligence and that intelligence is best employed in trying to understand this Krishna conscious philosophy. We see that even such a great personality as Arjuna had many questions to ask when he had this philosophy presented to him. So if you're th- those devotees who are actually studying these books uh, carefully and applying their intelligence, they must have various questions. So if you present those questions, I can attempt to answer them on the basis of uh, the understanding that I have acquired on the basis of studying Srila Prabhupada's books, associating with his disciples and serving his mission, attempting to serve his mission. So, questions? If you have it written, that's good. We yes. can take one or two spoken, but... Yes. After that, if it's written, it's better. By what the preacher develops the interest to Krishna consciousness in people? Hmm. One time, Srila Prabhupada addressed some of his disciples, saying that actually in this movement, I am the preacher and you are assisting me. So it's good to think like that, that I'm simply trying to assist in this mission. In one conversation which I was reading recently, Prabhupada said that it is the duty of the devotee to speak the message of Krishna. That is his duty. We cannot, Prabhupada said we cannot expect that everyone will take to Krishna consciousness. But it is our duty to present it. Whether or not they take to it, that is not in our hands. But it is our duty to speak the message or give the message in the form of books. Although naturally, of course, the devotee, he, he wants that people will take to Krishna consciousness. So in preaching, we often discuss techniques of awakening people's interests. But even more than technique is the attitude and desire no. of the devotee. In one purport, Srila Prabhupada writes that, that when the Lord, who is situated in the heart of everyone, sees the strong desire of his devotee that others will take to Krishna consciousness, then the Lord, who is also in the heart of the people that the devotee is preaching to, also uh, inspires that person to accept that message. So more than anything, it's the strong strong desire of the devotee that others may be benefited, that Krishna will reciprocate with, and then others will be able to take to Krishna consciousness. We practically see this in book distribution. As soon as the devotee thinks, I am distributing books, then he can't distribute any books. But when he simply prays to Krishna, Krishna, please make me your instrument, then so many books go out. Please inspire these people to take these books for their 
ultimate and eternal benefit. Do you have this experience? It's a, it's a universal experience. It's not a Russian experience or a Baltic experience, but it's a universal experience. It's because the jiva is the servant of Krishna. And when he accepts his position as serv- of servant, as servant, he is empowered by Krishna to serve. But even in devotional service, if one starts to think, I am doing, then Krishna takes away all ability to do anything. I have two experiences. I have two experiences. Uh, experiences in uh, preaching like this. When I address a person, I'm trying to address the soul. And second point, when I'm addressing the person, I'm trying to address the super soul. And I notice that both methods are giving good results. But in first case, such kind of Sankirtana can be more strong, insistent. full of determination. In the second case, more humble. Uh, What is your opinion? Is it correct to divide like this, to understand like this, or it is not correct? Well, um, what do we mean by correct? Correct means it's pleasing to Krishna. So what's your experience? Should we judge according to the results, or there should be some other criteria? Regarding results, I was speaking with... Where where are you distributing books, by the way? Latvia, Belarusia, Lithuania, Russia. I was just Ukraine. discussing hmm, Ukraine. Yeah. I was discussing with uh, well, I was discussing with Madan Mohan Prabhu yesterday on another topic, and uh, our in the course of that discussion, we he told me something about book distribution in Russia, in which uh, in Russia many books have many of Prabhupada's books have been distributed, and he said that many people tell them that. We love your movement, we like your principles, we like your chanting, we like your food, but we hate the way you sell books, the way you sell, you force people and you you trick them, and in so many ways, we, we just can't relate to this at all. Really? So when we're talking about the results, one result means the number of books that's immediately distributed, and another is the result of the way people consider us. So even in a big country like Russia or previously in America, um, we got a bad reputation for distributing books in a in a way that when people left they felt uncomfortable. They felt they'd been mistreated. So, especially in a small country like Lithuania, you have to be very careful. But even even in a big country like Russia or America, if there's enough devotees mistreating the public, then then they come to consider us like that. Nowadays in America, the devotees are very careful how they distribute books. They treat the people politely. They uh, they don't force people if they don't want to take. They preach them about the book. They don't pretend it's something just like completely different. So if you're asking about the results, then we we have to consider like that. The, the number of books distributed, but also that we have to go back to these people and distribute books again and again and again. So if you distribute one or two books now, but then they're never in their life again, they want to take any more books, then it's it's not a good result. I think it was last year or the year before at the festival here, I was saying that uh, it would be good if the preaching was increased in these Baltic countries and the book distribution was increased. So it's very uh, happy news. After accepting sannyas, Shanta Maharaj has really pushed the preaching and especially the book distribution. He didn't take sannyas to become a respected old man. He's acting as the most humble devotee in in the whole of the Baltic states. He's really uh, taken that position of leadership to boost the book distribution and all other forms of preaching here. So I've heard. I'm hearing reports. Sitting in India, I'm hearing about it. So all glories to Shanta Maharaj. Sa Shlava Shanta Maharaja. Vsya Slava.
And all glory is to Srila Prabhupada's book distribution. And all glory is to the devotees who are distributing the books. We have another book distribution, Maharati. Tatvavad Prabhu from uh, Finland is going to stand up. He's coming uh, here every year, but he's, stanci, he's quite quiet when he's here. <laughs> he's quite quiet when he's here, but when he's in Finland, he's uh, organizing book distribution for so many years and has so many devotees out distributing so many books and personally going out himself. So these are all great souls who we should Поэтому offer our businesses to and take inspiration from and follow in their footsteps. Okay, what does it mean to control speech? Uh, yes, what does it mean to control speech in Krishna consciousness? And here is next question, how much it is important in advancement in Krishna consciousness? Yes. Well, I don't remember exactly the shloka. Where does that come? Vangmano tapa uchate. Just looking that up. Anudvega karangvakyam. Who's, who's that? Who said that? Good pundit. Anudvega karangvakyam. Vakyam means speech. So, speech that does not give udvig. Uh, anxiety to others. What's the next line? Satyam, priyam. That should be truthful, pleasing, Hitam, What's the next word? You're looking it up? I can't find it. Where is it? Swadhyam Bhyasanam. Which verse? What number? I'm looking for it, but I can't find it. You got it there? No, no, eight. Eighteen, isn't it? Anyway, there's the general gist of it. The please should be, it should be pleasing, truthful, beneficial. Yeah, Anudvega Karangva. Anudvega Karangva Kyang Satyam Priyang Hitam Chayat. Swadhyaya Bhyasanam Chayva. Vang mayang tapa uchate. Then uh, that that speech should also be engaged in studying shastra. So this is called austerity of speech. How important is it to control speech in Krishna consciousness? Well, in Upadesh Amrita, the very first Upadesh or instruction that Rupa Goswami gives is what is it? Don't you say? We know you know everything. What's the first instruction? Vacho vegam the urge to speak should be controlled. So it seems like it's the very first thing. We also find Sevan Mukhehi Jivado. Krishna consciousness is defined in terms of uh, serving tendency beginning with the tongue. So how important is Jivado? I'm just correcting your pronunciation. So it is essential. Shavana Kirtana Karavanukana Ashata Pachala Chari. We should engage in hearing and chanting incessantly and give up Nonsense talk. Yeah, then another question. What is what is the importance of chanting 16 rounds of Hare Krishna Mahamantra every day? Well, this is part of a uh, arithmetical equation. 16 plus 4 equals BTG. Back to Godhead. Godhead. It means 16 rounds plus 4 regulated principles equals back to Godhead. As Prabhupada several times said, if you chant 16 rounds a day and follow these four principles, you'll go back to Godhead. So, that's pretty important, isn't it? What do you think? How important is is it that we eat food every day? If we don't eat, then the body grows weak. So, if we don't take our spiritual nourishment, then we become spiritually weak. Axiomatic. Should be. Should be axiomatic to us. How should we fight with uh, uh, en- uh, envy? Yeah, Envious person. No, no, not. Hatred, hatred to another Vaishnava. How should we have hatred? No, no, no. How, how should we conquer in us hatred to another Vaishnava? Oh, I see. 
who hates someone? Srila <laughs> Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati had a system. Some of his uh, leading disciples didn't get on very well together. Well, they, they had deep misunderstandings. Between devotees, yes? Yeah, mm-hmm. among his disciples. Uh, and there were some serious accusations. Well, one party was saying the other is stealing money and things like that. So he had a system. They would have, um, bef- uh, before Gorponima, they would, cut, they'd first of all have Navaritam Parikrama, and then they'd come back on Gorponima day, and they would have a meeting. They'd all sit together, all the, de- all the devotees. And if one, uh, if, if devotees were, you know, one is against the other, then Prabhupada Bhaktisthan Sarasvartako would have the devotee who had a bad opinion of another, he would have him stand up and publicly give a speech in praise of him. So there's a suggestion. You can publicly, if you feel that you have unwarranted bad feeling towards another, then you can try publicly praising them. Next. Oh, two questions. Is time travel... That's written in English, huh? Yes. Is, Is time, time travel, travel possible? possible? It passes much... Faster on the higher planets. Passes much faster on the higher planets. They've not written they on how to write in English properly. For example, Krishna and Arjuna visited Mahavishnu and came back in the same kalpa and earth year. Yeah. Is time Krishna, travel possible? The, the time moves faster on the other planets, just like um, Raivat Maharaj went to Brahma Loka. Is time travel possible? Because it, the, the, the speed, it moves at a different speed on the higher planets, which incidentally fits with uh, Einstein's theorem of time being relative. Time is, uh, and also with the with Einstein, there's a theory that time is dependent. It's relative on motion. So in the heavenly planets, the motion of the bodies is... Uh, a different speed to that of the earth planet, so the time is measured differently. So the question is, is is time travel possible? Now we find in the Bhagavatam an example that uh, one king, Raivat, he went to the planet, he went from earth to the planet of Lord Brahma to find, uh, to ask Brahma if he could, he wanted to find out some qualified husband for his daughter Revati, so he wanted to take advice from Lord Brahma. But when he arrived in the in Brahma Loka, he was delayed for some time because there was a dance performance going on. So then, when the dance performance was over, he got the chance to speak to Brahma and uh, ask his advice about who would be a suitable suitor for his daughter. And Brahma laughed. And he said that all the possible persons that you had thought of as possible matches for your daughter have all died and passed away. And not even their names are remembered by anyone. Even in your own kingdom, no one remembers your name because it's passed. Time has passed so much because the time moves at a different speed here and on earth. But he said, you go immediately and there's the proper candidate. Go immediately to earth now and you'll find the proper candidate for your daughter who is Lord Balaram. Now here's an interesting comment that Krishna and Arjuna visited Mahavishnu and they came back again. In the same Kalpa and and Earth year. So is time travel possible? Everything's possible for Krishna. Time is the uh, in the material world is the debilitating factor that destroys everything. Debilitating it means that which it means that which destroys, it breaks Factor. down everything. But Krishna is the controller of time. So Krishna can uh, you time like everything else can 
can be utilized by Krishna in this in his service. Time is Hare, Hare Krishna. Time is uh, eternal and it's cyclic. So can one travel in time? Well, for the the thing is that in different universes, Krishna's pastimes are manifested in one past in one universe after another. So for liberated devotees, they can travel to another to a parallel universe where another time is going on. It's a little difficult for us to understand because we tend to conceive of ourselves in terms of the, the present bodies that we inhabit. Example two, Narad met a Brahmin and a shoemaker on the way to Vaikuntha and came back and met them in the same line. Okay. Why did Narada switch material spiritual bodies without dying? Sometimes even Indra visits Vaikuntha. Well, Narada and Arjuna don't really have material bodies they only appear as such again anything is possible by the by the grace of krishna durvasa muni also uh, visited vaikuntha the vaikuntha planet which Dur- is manifested within this material world what's that about indra going to vaikuntha when was that who asked the question oh bhakta valdis i thought it's someone very scientifically minded no that's that's at the bank of the milk ocean right they go to the the demigods go to the Shore of the Milk Ocean. Durvasamuni, there's an example. Durvasamuni went, went to the... Uh, he entered Vaikuntha. But, but his consciousness was not in Vaikuntha. So, uh, time in the material world is a debilitating factor. In, in the spiritual world, time is the factor which nourishes Krishna Leela. In the material world, um, three limits. Time, space and thought. These are the three limits by the which a conditioned soul cannot transgress but a uh, a liberated soul is is not bound by these limits that's why a liberated soul can sometimes understand things which are going on in another place or he may have access to uh, information which is lost in the course of time just like in the Sri Vaishnava Sampradaya there were so many uh, wonderful uh, compositions in uh, What's that called? Uh, Mani Praval language, a mixture of Tamil and Sanskrit. Tamil, Tamil. There were 4,000 of such compositions which were all lost, lost in the course of time. But they were all revealed to one devotee and therefore these are now again extant in human society. So time doesn't become a limiting factor for a pure devotee. But his ability to transcend space and time is as much as is given by Krishna for his service to Krishna. Srila Prabhupada once explained that when he said that a pure devotee knows everything, it means that uh, he knows as... Krishna can reveal everything to him. Krishna reveals as much as he needs to know for his service. So in uh, another question, that in one purport, Prabhupada says that Brahma and Shiva are conditioned souls. But in Brihad Bhagavatamrita, Sanatan Goswami says that Shiva and Prabhupada themselves can even give liberation. Brihad So is he liberated or are there different Shivas or what's going on? Well, like many statements in our philosophy, which appear to be contradictory, they're both true, but um, they're both true, but they're true at different levels or different perspectives. Just like, for instance, the Supreme Controller is Krishna, right? Ishvara Parama Krishna. Parameshwara means Krishna. But generally in India, the name Parameshwara is understood to be that of Lord Shiva. 
So both statements are true. Lord Shiva is the supreme controller. Within the scope of this material world, which as far as most people can see or imagine. So to call him Parameshwar is not untrue, but it is not uh, true to the full extent of understanding Krishna as Parameshwar, as the controller even of Lord Shiva. So are Brahma and Shiva conditioned? Yes. Are Brahma and Shiva conditioned? No. Uh, they appear to be conditioned because they are in contact with the modes of material nature. Because of their intimate contact with them appear to be conditioned by them. However, both Brahma and Shiva are known to be heads of Vaishnav Sampradayas. And although only Vishnu can give liberation, Brahma and Shiva cannot give liberation. Brahma and Shiva can give liberation by giving Vishnu, by giving Krishna consciousness. People go to Kashi, Varanasi to die because they know that if you die in Varanasi, you achieve liberation. Varanasi is the, the presiding deity of Varanasi is Lord Shiva. Kashi Vishwanath. Kashi Vishwanath. So, uh, one achieves liberation by in Varanasi, dying there by the grace of Lord Shiva. How does that work? How does he do that? Because he, in the, when someone is dying, he comes and Lord Shiva says in the presence of that dying person in their ear, he says, Rama, Rama. So this is how Lord Shiva gives liberation. So both things are true. It's a question of Perspective. Two questions in Lithuania. Yeah, okay. There's more. There's so many questions here. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. There's more Lithuanian question here. I presume it looks like Lithuanian. Is it? Probably. Yeah, please ask. Please be so kind to explain what's the difference between the movement philosophy of New Age and Krishna consciousness philosophy. Say it in the mic. Say it in Russian. Oh, she did. Okay. All right. I wasn't listening. I just heard New Age. <laughs> well, there are many differences. Basically, uh, the philosophy of Krishna consciousness is right and New Age is wrong. <laughs> Krishna consciousness philosophy is clear and New Age is unclear. For one thing, there is no real f- uh, philosophy of the New Age movement. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, hodgepodge of various speculative ideas. Whereas in Krishna consciousness, everything is very clear. That's maybe the biggest difference between New Age ideas and Krishna consciousness is that in in New Ageism, uh, there's no clear idea and they, they like it like that. It's... Uh, it's a kind of pretense at spirituality with no a clear idea of what it means to be spiritual, of what is the difference between the body and the soul, with no commitment and no understanding of Krishna. And without understanding Krishna, everything is useless. So the best place for New Age philosophy, if there is any, is the garbage bin. That's all I have to say about it. It's not, it's not really worth discussing that much. Uh, is it good that... Uh, Maybe this question, you, you, you have just answered this question. Is it good that in all the temples of Eskon they are distributed the books of such movement? Maybe it isn't worth speaking anymore, this question. Yeah, we'll say it in Lithuanian, then we'll say it in Russian. And there's a one-word answer which you can, which you can uh, mm-hmm. guess yourself. Mm-hmm. And please I know how to say it in English and Russian. 
Please say your own opinion about such books like Elizabeth Prophet, about the books Reincarnation in Christianity, and about the book Last Years of Jesus Christ. And Litwa also. I, I, I never heard of Elizabeth Prophet, but uh, if she's chanting 16 rounds and reading Prabhupada's books, then she's okay. If not, put it in the garbage bin. Such books may have some marginal value in preaching. If they're actually uh, scholarly, which often these New Age books are not at all, they're mostly speculative. If they're actually scholarly, then there might be some value in quoting them in preaching to people who are enamored by Christianity. But on the other hand, there are so many things which could be valuable. I mean, you could quote the the, the report of the uh, the doctors on meat eating and there, there are many things like this which could be used marginally and for just making some small point in preaching but the main thing is to study Prabhupada's books in which the absolute truth of Krishna consciousness is clearly delineated so these other things might uh, marginally back up some or, or give to materialistic people it may give some kind of uh, faith in some of the points that we want to make from Prabhupada's books but it's not that we should become enamored by by such books uh, and spend lots of time studying them and discussing them. There may be some case, like if some devotee is doing some very specialized research for some writing project or something, then there may be some reason to read such things. But in general, all over our movement, I'm seeing our devotees, they need to spend a lot more time reading Prabhupada's books and a lot less time reading the newspaper and reading uh, so many speculative books how many of you have read all of Prabhupada's books? Hands up, hands up. All Srimad Bhagavatam, Nectar of Devotion. Not many. I see, I see three hands from Finland. Oh, there's Lakshmi Priya also. Okay. Is that is someone sewing over there or they're putting their hand up? All right. Anyway, not many. And we're, this is the same complaint. Prabhupada, he said there, Prabhupada said, my disciples are asking me, can you read this book or can we read that book? They haven't even read my books. So when you've read all of Prabhupada's books at least five times, please ask me this question again. <laughs> then it might be more meaningful. And this is, this is not very good. There's so many devotees here. Many of you have been in the movement a few years and not reading Prabhupada's books. Well, it's See, available it's in Russian up to what, sixth canto now? Now up to eighth canto. So, I mean, have you read all of those which are available in Russian? All that are available. Who's read all that are available? Okay, we have a few more. In Lithuanian, how far do we have? Only first canto, first part. But most devotees can read Russian also. So read, read these books. Don't waste your life reading, you know, some speculative book about the last years of Christ, which it must be speculated. What do they know? And what does it matter that much anyway? You know, what, what happened, what difference does it make? You have to chant your rounds and Go back to God. Whatever Christ gave is, uh, whatever teachings He gave uh, can be. Cons we're not even sure what they are. I mean, even the Bible's not uh, very authoritative. It was just written down in a different language long after Christ. A different language to Christ spoke long after He left this world. So, but even there, whatever we have, it's it, we can't be considered very authoritative. And whatever he taught is like kindergarten level compared to even Bhagavad Gita. What to speak of Srimad Bhagavatam? From the very beginning of Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna gives the the basic spiritual knowledge of the difference between the soul and the body, which you won't find in the whole of Christianity. So many big philosophers, and none of them 
theologians, but none of them even understand this. Thus they have this bizarre philosophy that, that there will be a day of judgment and God will come back and revive all the dead bodies. And those who are Christian, they get sent to heaven forever and the others get thrown in hell forever. But of course you have to be in this, in the particular sect of Christianity because the Catholics think the Protestants are all going to hell and the Protestants think all the Catholics are going to hell. I mean, it's a bizarre teaching. And drinking the blood of Christ, you have that in Catholicism, Catholicism. <laughs> you, they, they, you drink wine in the church and that's called drinking the blood of Christ. It's, I mean, it's uh, not, not something to remain attached to. We offer all respect to Christ, but at the same time we understand that his, his teachings are primary level at best. And all these meat-eating popes, I mean, how can they be considered saintly persons? They're saying that this pope who just died, he should be a saint, but how can he be a saint? Of course, we may not want to say this publicly because people are very uh, sentimentally attached, but we should understand that there's, there's very little saintliness or knowledge or actual religion anywhere outside of the Krishna conscious movement. We're not saying that out of pride or sectarianism, but if we uh, neutrally uh, examine, we'll find that that's true. But you don't understand that because you're not reading Prabhupada's books. And therefore you remain sentimentally attached to some speculative and more or less useless kind of teaching. Okay, In order to Krishna could come into our heart, it should be uh, crystal clear. But from another hand, only Krishna can... Uh, clear hmm. our heart from anarthas. How uh, the heart of the devotee can be cleansed, how it happens, how Krishna acts. Srinvatam svakata Krishna punya shravana kirtanaha vidyantas tohya bhadrani vidhunoti suhrit satam Krishna sees the sincere desire of a devotee who hears his messages and Krishna acts to cleanse the heart of such a devotee. So Krishna is there in everyone's heart, but he manifests himself to those who want to see him, who want to serve him. So uh, he reveals himself to those who are eager to hear and serve. The desire by serving Great devotees, then the, the desire to hear is increased. Or one, one gets a taste for hearing about Krishna. So Krishna is there, but uh, he, when he sees that one is serious to serve and to hear, then he reveals himself more and more and cleanses the dirty things away. So again, Krishna responds to our attitude. If we want Krishna, then Krishna will reveal himself. Reveal himself means that all the dirt has to be cleansed away. So that is simultaneous. As anartha is uh, cleansed away, then artha or the real necessity of of Krishna consciousness becomes established. When we are serious to understand Krishna, then that in itself uh, clears away, that desire in itself clears away the anarthas of everything which are not related to Krishna. It all help, it all works by the mercy of the devotees and of Krishna on a person who is sincere to know him. What else is there? Yeah. Uh, you have to, this is in 
Intelligence is not awakened in Krishna consciousness. But still the tendency to hear is good. Punya Shravana. It's pious to hear about Krishna. What person can be called a devotee of Krishna? What can person can be called a non-devotee of Krishna? Well, um, we find that every in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, there's a description, that every year devotees from Bengal would come to visit Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And one year before leaving to return from Puri to Bengal, uh, Devotees from Kulinagram, Satyaraj Khan, headed by Satyaraj Khan, they asked Chaitanya Mahaprabhu this question. Uh, they, they asked that um, how can, in householder life, how can we develop in Krishna consciousness? What is the duty of a householder Vaishnava? So, yeah, what is the duty of a Vaishnava uh, householder? So then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that to, to serve the Vaishnavas is the principal duty of the householder. So then they asked, well, how can we recognize a Vaishnava? Then the question came, how can we recognize who is a Vaishnava? So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, a famous reply, Ashat Sangati Age Vaishnava Acha. Uh, the principal symptom of a Vaishnava is that he gives up bad association. And then, uh, Sri Sangi Ek Asadhu Krishna Bhakta'a. So he defined who is a non-Vaishnava, here's the answer, as one who is attached to women or one who is a non-devotee, which seems to be a, uh, a, a circular kind of reply. Or, the, 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 what is a non-devotee? A non-devotee. <laughs> or bad association is those who are, are not devotees. In the purport, Srila Prabhupada explains that those who are against the principle of of devotion to Krishna as especially Mayavadis. So then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained that a Vaishnava is someone who even once chants the name of Krishna. Next year the devotees asked him the same question and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said a devotee is one who uh, is always chanting the name of Krishna. And the next year when they asked him again the question, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that a Vaishnava is one who upon seeing others start to chant the name of Krishna. So the definition of Vaishnava is very broad. Actual Vaishnava means one who is fully absorbed in Krishna. But in a broader terms, it may be understood as anyone who has even a tendency to serve Krishna. So, it's another question. Uh, Prabhupada said, I kick the Mayavadis in the face with my boot. There are many sk- dot, spiritual organizations in the West. Maybe SC means so-called. Maybe it's an abbreviation for so-called. Uh. They put many SC spiritual organizations. I guess that means so-called. What is our stance in relation to them? Should they be respected? Well, uh, Vaishnava is ready to give respect to everyone, but he may not respect their philosophy. And for the sake of establishing proper respect to Krishna, he may be very apparently disrespectful to uh, persons who are speaking the wrong philosophy, which is misleading people. In general, um, we don't target particular organizations and go against them. But we uh, 
speak the positive truth of Krishna consciousness and in a general way we uh, speak against Mayavad and all other bogus ideas. This new age movement by the way that's more or less uh, it's like a neo-Mayavad for the western world. Um, so and uh, if people ask us you know what do you think about this organization or what do you think about this spiritual teacher then the uh, proper taught like this then you ask well, what is their philosophy? Then you uh, you defeat their philosophy if it's wrong. If there are some things right in it, they can also be accepted. Um, and in this way, keep everything on a philosophical rather than uh, philosophical basis, rather than making it seem as if we have a personal grudge against anyone. Again, we're asking about preaching, but you, how are we going to preach if you don't read Prabhupada's books? That's your duty. You have to do that. Otherwise, you can't understand Krishna consciousness properly. You can't preach it properly. You can't practice it properly. And what are we all doing here anyway? Otherwise, I don't know. Then what will you think Krishna consciousness is if you, if you don't take the trouble to read the books that Prabhupada so, took so much trouble to prepare for us? Shanti Maharaj, I was just, before you came, I was just expressing my appreciation of how in the last year you have uh, really got the preaching and the book distribution going here. So I request you as the spiritual leader of all the devotees here to um, encourage them all to read Prabhupada's books. Seems to be some lacking in that regard. What's the time? I did, am I over time? 20 minutes to 12. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm way over time. There you go. The first question was about time travel. So now you can travel in time with Bhakti Chaitanya Swami Maharaj and transcend time by going to Krishna who exists beyond time, within time, above time. And he is time. But I have no more time. In fact, I've encroached on... Because I didn't bring my watch, I encroached on Bhakti Chaitanya Maharaj's time. So I'll not take any more of your time. I have some books here, which, if you'd like to take, you're welcome. But I'm not going to speak about them because I'm over time. But they are available outside. If you'd like to take them, I'll...